and we're back. My name is Mar. And I'm Sadie. And this is the podcast where we read the book so you don't have to. Except today we're not. We are not reading the book again. <laughs> we are back into our mini series called Everything But the Book. Everything But the Book. And if you're new to this series, it is just a little suggestion series where Mar and I are looking at books and trying to figure out. Is this something we want to commit to reading full mm. form? Because we are busy women. We're busy. We do not have time <laughs> to read every book in the world. And we want to read good books, great yes. books. And we want to read books that you guys are interested in too. So this week, we are talking about a new book called Pineapple Street. But mm. before we get into that, we've got mail. Come on. And this week's mail is from Soul, our wonderful, lovely listener in Arizona, She is just the best. She is an avid listener and she has OG supporter. So we're going to listen to a little question from Soul and we're going to answer it. My question for you guys is, have you guys always loved reading or did it happen at a certain age where you became more interested in reading? And if it was a specific book that got you back into reading? Okay, thank you for that question, Soul. We love you. <laughs> Mar, I'll throw it over to you. Was there a specific age that you got into reading? And was it when we met? <laughs> <laughs> actually, no, it was not when we, I actually grew up loving to read. I Even if I go back to my parents' house, I'm from Pennsylvania. Um, I had my own little library in there. And like it, nothing crazy, but a lot of books. I would get books for my birthday, for Christmas, for anything. My mom just loved to have us read. And so we would be camping. I would stay up all night reading books. Like, I just love to read. And then I think just that you become a teenager and things got like, you know, school, soccer, all these things. So it kind of got away from me until, guess, like probably like five years later, I met Sadie. And she, she, if anybody knows her, she loves to read. It's a part of who she is. And I just, she really inspired me because I was like, no, I love to read, but it's been so long. And I used to think that once you stop something, you can't restart it. And so if that's anything Sadie's taught me is like, it's never too late to start a passion that you love again. So that's, And and kind of finishing that answer, we read, we started on book club. Mm -hmm. The first book that we read was called The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. And I was hooked. Such a good book by Taylor Jenkins, right? Yep. Taylor Jenkins read, baby. Yes. And it was the perfect book to start getting back into reading. And so then here we are probably like, I don't even know. 40 books later. Yeah, a lot. A lot of books later. And we're, oh, can't be 40 books. It cannot be 40 <laughs> at all. I'm like maybe like 20, 25 or 25, 30. Yeah. yeah, with the book club books. Yes. Yeah. But a lot of books. Love that. Oh, what about you? I would love to see that library one day. Um, <laughs> I similarly love reading when I was younger. I think my favorite memories of reading were we had piano lessons. And uh, it was like in a spot in Tempe in Arizona. And across the street, there was like the library. And so when I was old enough, I think I was like 12 or 13, my I could walk across the street after my piano lessons were done and mm. go wait in the library until the rest of my siblings, because if you don't have a big family. And so we were like, <laughs> we were his, all of his students for like the whole morning. Aww. Like it was like our family took up half of his morning. And so I would go wait at the library and I would go pick out books. And one book I specifically remember is called The Goose Girl by Shannon Hale. And that book made me fall in love with reading like and my parents had always read to me like my dad would read every night and my mom would read like in the mornings and so 
I always loved reading so much. I love stories. But The Goose Girl by Shannon Hale was so good because mm. it's kind of like a rendition on a Grimm's fairy tale. Uh, but it's set – it's like definitely for young adults, but it's mm-hmm. so good. And I'm actually terrified to reread it because I'm scared it won't be as good as I remember. But I think it's – that was definitely one of the books that – got me into reading and I loved but what a great question soul thank you for sending that in and if you are listening and you want to hear your voice in the podcast you should dm us a question come on, on and it doesn't have Instagram. to it can be about whatever you want but dm us a question we'd love to um chat with you guys answer your questions get into it with you but right now we're going to get into this book called pineapple street so this is a new release novel so it came out in march of this year The author is Jenny Jackson, and it's her debut novel. So this is her first book she's ever written. And she's been a book editor, actually, at Alfred Knopp for two decades. So she has been an an editor. I think she's also executive chief and editor. So she is high up in this. I know. I'm like, I want your job, (laughs) ma'am. That is Sadie's goal. This is my goal. So I'm going to find a way to dethrone her and take her job. (laughs) But so she's been an editor for about two decades. She started writing this book in 2020 so a couple of these authors actually that we've been um talking about lately have been these all their books have been covid projects Mm -hmm. which makes a lot of sense because you people had a lot of downtime from their regular um regular life but she wrote it for it took her about four months to write which is so fast and she took about a year to edit it and perfect it but essentially it is a book about the Stockton family, which is this uber wealthy 1% family that is living in Brooklyn Heights on Pineapple Street. And funny enough, that is actually where Jenny Jackson was living. I don't know if she's living there at the time, but she was living in Brooklyn Heights on Pineapple Street. And Mm -hmm. so she wrote this in COVID times because that was her neighborhood. That was the only place she was going. So she would go on walks and she'd kind of walk her dog, run around there and snoop honestly (laughs) she she was just curious about her neighbors and that was the only scene she had going on so she started writing a book about it and so there's a couple main characters and mar you're gonna tell us about those yeah so this book is about three women like sadie said in a wealthy brooklyn heights family um and we've got three characters that are really prominent in the book so we've got darley she's actually the oldest sister she was born with money and she's really driven she's intelligent with two small children She's a passionate math geek who works in banking and loved airplanes in the business of flying. And so also in the interview that I watched, which was AWC, Australian Writers Century, Century, Center, I don't know. (laughs) Um, But basically, she said herself that Jenny thinks that she based Darley kind of off of herself, which also made it kind of harder for her to develop the character, to put her in a new light, kind of. Um, You got Sasha, Sasha. 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 <laughs> you got Sasha, the in-law, married into money, moves into her husband's family home, and she doesn't really feel quite comfortable in that new home. And it sounds like she seems to kind of be the main character here in this book. And then you got Miss Georgina. Okay. She's a millennial conscious of the family who wants to give all her money away, but she just happens to be a spoiled young woman who suffers a horrible loss that changes her and makes her want to be a better person. So that's kind of an overlook of the three characters that we've got in this book. Yeah. So it sounds like it's, uh, you also had a quote about kind of like 
her goal with writing it and why she wanted yeah, to write it. Yeah, so basically, she, this is so funny to me because she was talking about why she wrote this book. And she said, I wanted to write about a family, a group of people who love each other very much, but who often misunderstand each other's intentions. I also wanted to write about this strange time that we're living in, where people are set in, to inherit in America the greatest fortune in history, which is called the Great Wealth Transfer. Yet the generation that is set to inherit this money millennials have a complicated relationship with wealth and generational wealth. And then she also went on to kind of just say that uh, she was longing in the gossip. And I she love was, it. <laughs> she was seeing people during the pandemic. She missed seeing people during the pandemic. So she wrote a novel that was full of all the things that she so desperately wanted to do. It's, this book is full of partying, full of nights out, full of restaurants. And she was trying to create a joyful world that she missed. Which I love. So she's kind of like, I miss the gossip. I miss, I the, I miss the, the drinks. She's like, I miss the chatting with the ladies. So she's like, I'm going to write a book about it. And I love that because some some of those are the best books are the ones that reflect kind of more of your typical life. Yeah. But then I do think it's so fascinating when she talks about the millennials complicated relationship with wealth. Mm. Because, yeah, I do think that there's a generation of people who I think Gen Z wants quick wealth. I think they're seeing how do I get rich fast? Like, what are the things that will make me get yeah. rich fast? And millennials are looking at wealth going, OK, how do I acquire wealth? How do I sustain wealth? But then also viewing it as problematic if there's yes. generational wealth or viewing it problematic as, oh, OK, well, there's a one percent. Why is there a one percent? Mm. And what how do we distribute that equally yeah. amongst other people and citizens <laughs> like and so it's really interesting that she says that i'm i'm very curious because it seems like this book a potential critique of it could be that it glamorizes and that it kind of almost fetishizes like wealth and it yeah. fetishizes that one percent because you were talking too about kind of the curiosity the fascination with that one percent like why are people so obsessed with it yeah of course when they asked her in this interview they asked jenny they said why do you think americans have an obsession with wanting to know how the one percent lives and she says we focus on the american dream to be this person that came from nothing but then had everything we like to believe that one day we ourselves will be millionaires and it's kind of delusional yeah which honestly i kind of agree with right and and, and it's Yes, we are so grateful to be living in a country where we have freedoms more than almost anywhere else in this world. And so it's like, I think it's natural, especially if you're an immigrant coming here of wanting that American dream of just like the white picket fence and everything like that. But I think we fail, we fail ourselves in that way of thinking that that is normal for everybody. When honestly, the majority of America is in debt, brother. Okay. Right? <laughs> almost every single person. I like read this somewhere that it's like almost like 75% of America. Americans are in debt and they have very little money. I'm surprised at 75%. I honestly think it would be more. Maybe it I'm is. Maybe it would yeah. skyrocket it. But then we stare at that 1%. And we're like, it's so achievable. Guys, it's 1% for a reason. That's exactly true. It is 1% for a reason. Everyone is not Kim Kardashian. No, okay? you know. <laughs> and that doesn't mean if you work hard enough, doesn't mean that you can't get there. But I think don't live your life trying to achieve something that's honestly not that achievable. Live your life trying to have a good life okay be that middle class if you can if not that's okay too because guess what this ain't our home okay can't I take think, none of it with I you i think it also depends too on how you view and display wealth as oh, well like sure. what you do with your wealth matters so much and so mm. i think yeah if it seems like this family has just an exorbitant amount of wealth where they're like 
yeah, we're a wealthy real estate family, but we don't even put our names on buildings. Like we just own half of yeah. New York. And you're like, okay. So I think it depends on what you do with your wealth. Because I, I know like tons of people that are extremely wealthy, For sure. but they don't pray, place emphasis on the things. I mm. think that they've created like really wonderful environments to be in mm. and then they create wonderful environments to bring people into like they're yeah. very generous with their space but then with how they make people feel and and so i think it just depends on yeah what you do with your wealth if you have it um but yeah this book just sounds like it sound it sounds like a i don't even know like a, a summer it it yes. sounds like a crazy summer of just like what happens on this crazy street and it seems like there's literally everything someone's like doing airplanes another person's trying to get whatever for money money the other one's trying to get comfortable at home like just so many crazy things and like she was saying that while writing these characters like it was kind of hard because like you she was trying to put some sympathy in there and she was saying that when writing characters about extreme wealth um in this story, Darlie's husband, he loses his job, right? And she's like, but how do I get people to care? Because who cares? Because right. they're billionaires. They're literally wealthy. Who cares? You lost your job. You got plenty of money. And she says, like, how do you how do you make her have a sympath- sympathetic problem, right? Mm. And she said, giving her a career that she loves. So apparently she had a career that she loved so much. And I think that was with the airplaning. And showing what that meant for her to lose that career and to lose her earning power and what it did to her relationship is where the drama came from in this book. So apparently there's going to be a lot of drama around that of like, wow, I lost my dream job. I think it makes sense. No matter how much money you have, if you're in a job that you love and it's giving you purpose and you have a passion and you're going to lose it, it's going to feel like a loss. Well, I was just about to say that of like people pass judgment so easily Mm -hmm. on others based on what they perceive of their situation. Yeah. And it's like, you, that doesn't mean that they can't be sad about exactly. the things. It doesn't mean that they can't also, I remember all the time of like in high school, I had certain siblings that would be like, I'd be like, I'm so tired. And I was not like an athlete or anything. And they were the athletes, right? And they'd be like, why are you tired? Well, you yeah. literally don't do anything. I'm like, because I'm tired. Yeah. Like, I don't know what to tell you. you. Like my body's tired. Yes. And yeah, exactly. Like you're saying, just kind of like, just because they're wealthy doesn't mean that they're not allowed to have emotions and feelings. Seriously, guys, I watched the Kardashians. <gasps> um, <laughs> I've never watched an episode. I love the Kardashians. Hear me out. I don't care if this cancel. No, there's no cancel culture here. <laughs> okay, this yeah, exactly. I- there's no such thing as cancel culture. We're not all- in this we podcast. We all are bad people. Okay. That's why we need the Lord. Um, basically, like, I- it just opened my eyes up reality TV. I know it sounds dumb, but it's like it-, it gives you an insight of people's actual lives, right? We look at them like, well, they have so much money, but that... That it's like, okay, well, those women still went through divorce. Those women still had people cheating on them. Those women still had to give birth. Those women still had complicated relationships with their dads. Those like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, just because you have wealth, I do not believe in things like when you have more money, you're happier. No. Sometimes when you have more money, it complicates things because 100%. then the trueness of people comes out like that, that, that bad flesh in us when we live for it, like the greed, oh, you know, the jealousy, that stuff comes out. And honestly, I think it makes things worse. Yeah. But when you're like me and you ain't got no money, you ain't got no problem. <laughs> <laughs> no money, no problems. Cause they no. say more money, more problems. No. Okay. I do think that it, my uh, Venmo is. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> she goes no for real here but i think it's such a good perspective of just being an empathetic person mm. as a whole right yeah. of course you could say well 
it's very fair to say, okay, you well, your obstacles in life might be significantly less yes. than someone who is not in the same life circumstance, right? Mm-hmm, of course. Sure. But I do think it's such a good practice as people just who show empathy, which is literally being able to put yourself in someone else's shoes yeah. and going, okay, I can understand, like you're saying, of all the things that those women still go through things that doesn't mm-hmm. make them immune to hardships or emotional problems. Yep. But yeah, so this book just sounds like an exorbitant, wealthy yes. set of siblings, family members, all the drama, all the things. So <laughs> I'm curious, is it something that you would be interested in reading? Honestly, I think so. And I think it might even be something I want to read for the podcast. I really feel the same way. But I'm also scared because I feel like the way she describes it seems like it's all over the place. Mm. Like you're going to like leave there being like, what was that? But like in a good way of you're like, that was crazy. I'm curious of what the main problem is from my Mm. from when I was looking at the I was reading um, a New York Times like review book review of it article that. Wow. All those words (laughs) I was reading. I was reading a New York Times book review article Mm -hmm. of this book, and she was talking about how Sasha, the one that married into this family, Mm. that it was kind of like she felt uncomfortable because her parents or his parents, the man she married, they basically were like, come stay here for free. Come Mm. live in Brooklyn Heights on Pineapple Street for free. Wow. And they'd be crazy not to, right? But she was saying how they would give her this house live and they gave them this house living but then they never really accepted her in any meaningful kind of ways wow. so i'm very curious of like her perspective kind of being an outsider it seems like that yeah. might be the angle that they take but i don't know take the I'm, money and run take the money and run pick, take, the, pick the house up with the bulldozer and move it somewhere else <laughs> move it to orange street okay <laughs> But okay, great. Well, yeah. I'm down to put this on the list to then read for the podcast and really review it because yes. I'm very curious. Sounds so much fun. You guys could better let us know what you think. Okay, you can put your comments down below. You can DM us on Instagram. You can comment as well. Our Instagram is the Novelty Podcast. And also, what should they rate this show? Okay, if you have made it this far, you should absolutely be rating this five stars. Come on, five okay? stars. But when you go onto Spotify, it's very easy. It's literally one click. Come on. But it helps so much with people being able to find the podcast yes. and it just it does a lot for us too. and y'all this is a small business okay, okay? <laughs> we are just two women from washington state okay trying to make ends meet so you know what if you want to support a small business feel free to support this podcast. you know what i have never viewed this as a small business but Our i guess Venmo we is. Are, okay <laughs> That'll also be in the description box below. I would go with passion project, but I will take small business as well. No, no, I will no, take, I will say we are business women. <laughs> all right. Well, we uh, hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the podcast. We will see you all next Wednesday. Bye. Bye.